Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup, oh, blocked by James! Lillard, he got the shot off! Lillard, down! Down! I mean, I like that, you know, like NBA basketball. Oh, boy. Welcome back to Coast to Coast, a basketball podcast. I'm Ian Fain, and I'm joined by my co-host, Noah Weber. Today, we're just going to talk about um, our final thoughts on the horse challenge and what's going on around the basketball world, both in high school and upcoming NBA scouts. So on Thursday, we had the horse challenge. My first thought about it was, I mean, I thought it was great. Um, Definitely better than all of Sunday's. Um, I mean, most of the shots that were made were pretty interesting, I thought, although most of the times it was kind of reoccurring on some of the shots, but there's only a limited amount of shots that you could do in horse, I guess. Yeah, and I agree. After watching Sunday, that was brutal. It was a bunch of jumpers. It was not very fun to watch. But today it was a lot more fun to watch. We saw players bring out some creativity and hit some pretty cool shots. It was a lot more fun to watch tonight, and it was more exciting and more competitive. Oh, yeah, for sure. I thought it was a lot more competitive this this round's for sure. Um, so kind of going into our round-by-round recaps, uh, first we had Chauncey and Conley. Um, which start off strong with um, the spin on one leg shot. What was your favorite shot from this round? Mine was definitely that spin on one leg shot. It was like Conley, he, was, he brought out creativity right from the jump. I bet you he kind of heard some chatter around the NBA world about how there wasn't much creativity on the first day. And so he started off strong and he hit that spin on one leg shot. He brought much more creativity than he did against the game with Trey Young. They were taking fun shots. He also brought out that half-court basketball – or the half-court baseball shot, excuse me, that was super close to going in. And then he oh, also yeah. – you know, he won it with that granny shot. So, I mean, Conley was super creative, super fun to watch. Yeah, he was. The granny shot put the nail in the coffin, like you said. But I thought that shot was – that's always a classic shot for uh, horse. Definitely. I'm sure he played plenty of horse growing up. Oh, yeah. All right, moving on, we had the Quigley versus Levine. Uh, Levine started off strong. He definitely showed off his athleticism in this match. So what are your thoughts on this? So after Levine saw Allie Quigley just put on a dominant performance on Sunday with her shooting, I think Zach Levine pretty much said, I'm not going to let her out shoot me. So Levine got on the offensive, and he was just – he was doing super tough finishes around the rim, between the legs. Just stuff that Allie Quigley, he knew that she wasn't going to be able to do that. So although it was a little bit of a questionable uh, approach that some fans were not happy about it, Levine was super competitive, and he showed that he really wanted to go win that thing. Yeah, I mean, Levine's competitive was definitely shown. Uh, his athleticism was shown whenever he had the no-rim layup. Where oh, yeah, he just no went up and almost dunked it. But, I mean, they even – they brought out the uh, Mike Pereira of the NBA Horse <laughs> Challenge. Yeah. Yeah, so, they did. Yeah. Then moving on to the championship round, we had Conley versus Levine. I thought this was the best matchup of the night for sure. Oh, I agree. It was super fun to watch, just watching them go at it. Oh, yeah. 
Um, Conley started off with the behind-the-back shot off the glass, which I thought that was definitely one of the best shots all night. Um, that gave Levine the first letter of the game, and ever since then, Conley was just out on top. Oh, yeah, for sure. Conley's indoor indoor court was definitely an advantage, but, I mean, it's just the horse challenge. But Conley did great the whole competition. Both of them were super fun to watch, and ultimately Conley just dominated that game, and he, he won that charity money for, I think it's $200,000 for the charity of his choice for coronavirus relief. So that's awesome. Great work by the NBA and giving us some content as there's pretty much nothing going around with the NBA right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, so what was your favorite shot of this night? My favorite shot of the night was definitely Conley's behind-the-back layup. Just him starting with that is super bold. It gave Zach a letter. Yeah. And it just – it was good start to a great matchup between them. Yeah, I thought that was a great start. My favorite was probably Conley's, the 360 one leg, and then he caught the ball and shot it from the corner. I mean, that's oh. something that's something that – I usually do in horse is I usually do like one bounce and then off one leg and shoot. So I thought it was kind of funny. Oh yeah. Conley was super creative. That was super fun to watch. Oh yeah. So the overall recap of horse, I thought it was a, you know, the action was a lot better on Sunday. Um, But I mean, this is definitely something that I'm glad the NBA put on for sure, to, you know, put out some content where all of us are just dying for the NBA to start back up again. But, you know, having a little bit of competition was something fun to watch for sure. I, I definitely agree. Although many fans were still very, very tough on the horse competition, I thought it was something super fun to watch. I thought Thursday they did a much better job than Sunday. It was super entertaining. It, today they brought out creativity. It wasn't as boring. And it was just something cool done by the NBA, although the quality was not the best and fans were scrutinizing them pretty hard about that. It was, it was still super fun to watch, getting to see these guys interact because we haven't seen that in uh, over a month. So it was good getting to see that. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And so to wrap this up, I think this is going to take us to our first break. All right, moving on to our second segment. We're going to go in on some recent college commitments, starting off with Josh Christopher. He commits to Arizona State. Uh, he will be the best recruit to sign to Arizona State of all time, and the other five-star commit is James Harden. What are your takes on this elitist company? So, I mean, this is awesome for Arizona State. I mean, the top three players to ever commit there, I believe they're Josh Christopher at one, James Harden at two, and then Lou Dort at three. So he's an elite company. He's going to help Arizona State so much. He's honestly a bucket. I mean, he attacks the rim. He finishes. He can shoot the three a little bit, and he's a good defender. He's a great all-around player. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. He averaged 20 points per game in the EYBL, and I think he's just going to be a major help to Arizona State. It's going to be super fun to watch out there next year. Oh, yeah. Josh Kirchberg will be a problem for sure in Arizona State. Brings help back to the Pac-12, a struggling Pac-12 at least. Uh, moving on to Donovan Williams. He commits to Oklahoma State, you know, something that's close to our hearts, which is something awesome for us. He'll join, you know, a crazy class coming into OSU, probably the best we will ever see. Uh, what are your takes on this? So I'm super excited about Donovan Williams committing to Oklahoma State. Although both of us 
predicted him to choose Kansas State. He chose Oklahoma State, and it's something I'm super excited about. The kid's a bucket. I mean, he averaged 28 points, eight rebounds, and two steals at North Star last year, or this year, I should say. I mean, he's going to be he's going to be fighting for playing time in the loaded backcourt that Oklahoma State has, and I just can't wait for him to get to Stillwater and see what he can do for this team. Oh, for sure, for sure, and at least he'll it'll add some depth to our team, which will be something that we'll deeply need. All right, moving on, we actually have a decommitment. Five-star Isaiah Todd decommits from Michigan on Tuesday and expects to sign to the G League and join Jalen Green on the team in Southern California. What are your takes on this? So I'm honestly super excited about this. Sorry, Michigan fans. I just can't wait to see him and Jalen Green on the same team. That's going to be super fun to watch. They're two of the most exciting players and they're going to bring the G League some must-needed publicity, and that's just going to be a super fun team, a super fun team to watch. I can't wait to see what they do on the court. Oh, for sure. You know Isaiah Todd. He has great size. He's quick in the open court. You know he has the athleticism to allow him to play above the rim, both on offense and defense. You know he has a smooth jumper, and he can score at all three levels. I mean. I've seen him be compared to the next Kevin Durant and even a more advanced Chris Bosh. So you're going to have some talent to be in that elitist company. For sure. Moving on, we have Jalen Green, who decides to go to the G League for $500,000. What are your takes? Although this got leaked before his announcement time, which was a little disappointed about that Jalen Green didn't get to announce the biggest decision of his life, the media announced it. But this is something I'm super excited about. I'm super excited to see Jalen Green play at one of the highest levels other than the NBA. And he's going to develop his game a whole bunch. I mean, he's one of the most exciting players in the nation. And just like Isaiah Todd, it's going to bring the G League some publicity. And it's going to just get Jalen Green ready for his ultimate goal of playing in the NBA. Oh, for sure. Jalen Green, you know, one of the top athletes in the nation right now. He can score from anywhere. He excels at getting the basket and scoring in transition. So it's something that we'll be excited to watch in the G League for sure. We're going to move on to Greg Brown, where the G League offers him $400,000. Let's hear some takes. I know this is something that, you know, you've done some in-depth research on, so let's hear it. So I think ultimately at the end of the day, next Friday, I think Greg Brown is going to decide to go to the G League with Jalen Green. I mean, his top five were Texas, Kentucky, Memphis, Auburn, and Michigan. But now that you add the G League into that mix and a paycheck of $400,000 and some top-level development, I see Greg Brown going to the G League and joining that exciting team with Jalen Green and possibly Isaiah Todd. It's going to be something fun to watch. There have been some major rumors flying around about Oklahoma State doing some last-minute recruiting on Greg Brown. Joshua Clearly, a friend of mine and a scout for Prep Hoops Oklahoma, tweeted that Greg Brown just retweeted and unretweeted a tweet saying that him and Cade Cunningham at OSG would be a major problem. Even though Oklahoma State is not in his top five schools, and even though this could possibly just be a slip of the finger, this is definitely something to keep your eye on. Talking about the duo between Greg Brown and Ken Cunningham, Greg's dad was also seeming to be a fan of them teaming up in Stillwater. When Cade and Greg were on Instagram Live, Greg's dad chirped in some thoughts about Greg joining Cade in Stillwater, and Cade quickly said, not on the live, not on the live. 
And we also saw Donovan Williams tweeting at Greg Brown late on Tuesday night and said, hey, Greg, what's good, bro, with some eyeball emojis. Although Greg Brown coming to Oklahoma State is very unlikely, this is still definitely something to keep your eye on as Greg's commitment date is fastly approaching. Greg is set to commit next Friday, April 24th at 2 p.m. Central. All right, moving on, we have Denny Advija declares for the NBA draft. He's someone from overseas. He averaged 18.4 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, 5.3 assists in the FIBA U20 Euro Championship where he won MVP. He's projected to go seventh overall. What's your thoughts on some of his game? So he's a creative offensive player. I mean, he's quick, he's crafty. And as two teams passed on Luka Doncic in the 2000 NBA draft, and as two teams passed on Luka Doncic in the 2018 NBA draft, I'm not saying Denny Avdija is going to be as good as Luka, but I don't see too many teams passing on him. I see him going as a lottery pick, and I see him being a good role player on whichever team drafts him. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, that definitely opens the eye for many scouts for the overseas after seeing the development of Luka had. You know, it's something crazy to look out for. So moving on, and actually our last segment, Bleacher Report tweets the optimism towards the NBA returning. With a virtual NBA Board of Governors meeting set for Friday, there's a rising optimism that the season might be saved somehow. This is per Sam Amick. What are your thoughts? So I was super excited when you sent me that tweet today. It's some good news finally in the NBA world when all we've been filled with is bad news with players getting diagnosed with the corona. Obviously, we saw that Carl Anthony Towns' mother passed away with the corona. It's just been a really dark time for this country and this nation and honestly, even the basketball world. But this has been a bright spot. I was super excited when I heard this, and I'm hoping – that in that meeting on Friday, they can pick a date and somehow they can figure out some ways that they can get all their players tested. I've heard doing rapid, rapid testing before every game is something that they could do, but that is not something that's for sure. That's just something that people have been talking about. I'm just ready for some NBA basketball again, quite honestly. Oh, for sure. That makes two of us. On that note, I think we're going to cap this episode off. Thank you guys for listening. I hope everyone is staying safe and taking the necessary precautions through these unprecedented times. And remember to wash your hands and stay at home. Check us out next week as we give our top 10 players for each position and our opinions on the possible downfall of NCAA hoops. This has been Coast to Coast, a basketball podcast. Irving and They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! James catches, puts up the three. Long go. Rebound by.